You cannot forget about Club IT. It is COVID. However, they have so many things in place to prevent, you know, sketchy ass shit happening. (laughs) So this is my little blurb about Club IT. Um, Absolutely love that place. I have not yet been there since COVID. I really need to. It's something that I'm working on once I get more guts, but I work in a very specific area where I cannot really be that exposed. But um, their upstairs is officially open, so you can go and do the things. They recommend that you actually do, you know, your normal partners or, like, cohorts that you know that you would, you know, normally see or do things with, you know, whatever. And um, they have really increased their, like, cleaning, and they make sure they take everybody's temperatures at the the door, and they promote social distancing. So there is some things that you can do about that. Um, And the famous question is, are masks mandatory? And the answer is no. So it's kind of riskier, but I believe they're tapping people out at only 50 people in the club at any given time. So... You know, there's lots of options for you guys. And this Friday actually is their voyeurism and exhibitionist night. And so you can go watch or be watched. It's fucking hot. And we all know we all fucking love it when people watch us fuck. (laughs) Or watching other people fuck while we fuck. Anyways, so that's my little blurb about Club IT. Intimate times. Google it fucking Facebook it, fucking FetLife it, fucking do whatever you want to it, find it, go there, say that, if you've never been there before, say that you uh, heard about Intimate Times from Why Choose One Podcast and you get in for free for your first time. So yeah, hope you guys enjoy this episode. Mad love. Hey everyone, welcome back. So I have decided that I'm going to continue on to my adventures of Thursday release dates and hopefully as long as inspiration (laughs) continues, um, I will be releasing them once a week. Now I took most of the summer off and just, you know, enjoyed life, did the things, got married. It's been a great time, I'm not going to lie. And during this time, I've had a lot of ideas like flooding into my brain about, you know, what I should podcast about. What do you guys want to hear? And of course, you know, I always love it when you guys give me feedback. So, you know, find me on Instagram, why choose one podcast and just send me a message, you know, find my website, why choose one.com and, you know, just reach out to me and let me know what you guys think of the podcast types that you'd want to hear. Um, actually a lot of my, uh, podcasts are inspired by people who have questions. So if you have any questions, please reach out and I would love to, love to help you guys out because I'm here for you and your education. <laughs> but today I want to talk about, um, something a little bit near and dear to my heart and that is playing in our darkness. So I have been in kink for quite some time, not a lifetime by any means, but you know, eight years. Um, and I have been, um, in and out of the scene, you know, not, not consistently out, but you know, fairly in and out of the scene, been continuous, um, when my, in my, you know, with my husband, 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 love saying that. Um, (laughs) and you know, I just kind of, 
I, I love taking the time to, um, to research more on kink and find more on kink and, um, attend classes and get the information because it is so important with kink. Um, if you guys have heard other kink podcasts of mine, you know that I am a huge avid person to encourage you to go to classes, you know, learn from the experts, learns from the pro, learns from the people who's fucked up and, you know, take that knowledge and put it into your practice because going into this, if you don't have some kind of background level of education, you know, discussion of negotiation or consent, you know, things can fuck up really fast or you can actually really hurt someone if you don't know the basics. And, um, and you know, you hear a lot about the basics and they used to be incorporated with everything before COVID, you know, you go to an event and you'd get this 15 minute long piece of every single class you ever would go to about consent and negotiating whatever they're teaching you. And now I find that that's kind of getting lost in the wind and not a lot of people, a lot of people are learning from home, from YouTube, doing this, doing their thing, doing what feels good. But it's so important to know that when you're playing with darkness, um, it, it can be a little bit tricky. So um, there's lots of different avenues that we can talk about when it comes to playing in darkness. So one of the things that like personally, um, I like playing with my traumas, things that have happened to me in the past and reliving them or something similar to them into my kink because it's kind of a way of processing that, um, that vibe that I had before or whatever feeling I have or trigger and getting over it and taking back control, even though I'm reliving it, but I'm consensually reliving it and I have the power in everything that I do. So, you know, some people call this, um, some people call this, you know, playing with triggers which can be really fucked up for some people. And just know that if you're going to go down this this avenue of play um, and you're trying to like kind of, you know, get through stuff, you know, some people call it catharsis. And, you know, if you're going through these things, just be prepared for the outcome of that. You know, like if you and your partner are considering doing a scene that any which way resembles something triggering or PTSD, or some kind of trauma, whatever, um, you know, just be cautious about the things that could happen, and how you can prevent the real bad things from happening, so usually when I'm negotiating with someone about a scene that has to do anything with catharsis, or, you know, working through that very emotional vibe of darkness that I like so when I say darkness just so you guys know darkness is like the things that I don't like to talk about the things that gives me anxiety the things that you know like that that uh, hurt me at one point in my life so um, you know and I want to go back to that place and I want to kind of heal it it's kind of no different than when you're going to therapy kink is not therapy but when you know when you're going to talk to someone about it and it kind of puts you back into that same place and it makes you very uncomfortable in therapy there's lots of safe ways they know they prof- they're professionals they know how to talk you through these moments but if you're just playing with your partner it could put a huge hamper on your relationship it could put a huge hamper on you know like if you have like just a you know a, a kink dynamic with someone and it's just a play partner and you're not really to take on their kind of emotions that they're about to dish out to you make sure you have 
have that conversation in place first. So for example, I've played with a girl um, as and I was a top and she wanted to work through some shit just by working through pain, you know, just feeling that pain and letting and thinking certain thoughts and then letting that go. And so they had had no direct correlation to her her trauma but her processing it meant her just feeling the pain and letting that go but um you know we pray we negotiated like how how much pain she wants to be in and how hard I should go and do I want does she want to like play with boundaries like like you know there's lots of things that you can talk about and you know she was very emotional afterwards and I learned in that in that scene that one scene I had with someone that I was not ready to take on um an emotionally you know a little bit unstable situation and um I think that's something that we all have to really consider um so now when I negotiate with people that I I I talk I say um I don't now I'm going to get so much flack for this for all those, you know, social justice warriors. Put your fucking knives in your thing. This is why I negotiate this beforehand. Um, I am responsible for that human so that I make sure that I know I cannot take on their emotional shit that they go through after the scene is over. I cannot switch from being a top and beating the shit out of someone to this comforting, here I have you, here's a blankie, cry on me, I'll be there for you person. I can't do that. I don't like doing that. I feel like it puts me in a really fucked up head place and I don't like it. So I pre-negotiate with the people that I'm playing with in their dark space and I say like, make sure you have someone if you, f- you know you need aftercare. I also don't play with newbies. You know, people who don't know how they're going to react, that's not something that, I- that's too dangerous for me. That's too risky because I know that if I tell someone that is more experienced, that if I'm playing with them and they need aftercare, that they have to have a person there with them so that whenever they tap from the scene or whenever they are say, you know, I'm done or whatever, the scene ends, I'm, I'm done, whatever it may be, then they can go to that person and that person can comfort them. I still do my check-ins. I'm not a fucking monster. You know, like I like to make sure that my people are okay after I play with them, but I just can't be that aftercare cuddly person. Um, for multitude of reasons, like I feel like I am... I can't sit there in the sulkiness. I'm too positive and annoyingly so. You know, when people are sitting there bullshitting about their fucking sad existence, I'm like, well, you can do this instead. Well, you can do this instead. And, you know, like, you know, I just I just can't sit there. So for the those of you who top and, you know, can dominate a scene and, you know, be there for that person, props to you. That's really great. I think that's excellent. Um, and it's good for the bottom because especially because, you know, that caretaker role coming from the person that hurt you, I see benefit in that. But if people know that they won't, they won't get that connection piece, then they just don't have to play with me. You know, I don't feel the need that I have, that I have to be that person. And if I negotiate it and communicate every bit of it effectively and they understand and say yes, then I can continue with the scene. So, you know, I've seen some such fucking beautiful scenes about <clears throat> catharsis. You know, like I had, there was this one girl, hated compliments. You know, she hated being called beautiful. She hated when people stared at her. You know, she would wear, she said she didn't even like wearing certain clothes because she would get too much attention and it would make her feel very uncomfortable. So the entire scene was surrounded by, just the top 
telling her how beautiful she was. And there was actually no pain involved. There was no actual, you know, like sadism, masochism role there. It was simply just compliments while she stood there naked in a public space. And then she pre- pre-negotiated all these things, of course, but then she brought around other people to tell her how beautiful she was. And she broke down like a fuck, like just broke down. And she was dev- like, not devastated, but she got to work through something that was so empowering to her. And now she feels as though she can take compliments and not feel self-conscious or hurt by them because of her own mindset of how she thought about herself. So she got to work through that like self-love shit, you know? I mean, mine are a little bit more dark. My like not comparing one to another, but um mine are dark, you know, like I'm talking like I was raped before and I can talk about that normally. Sorry that the R words there. It's going to be triggering for you. Trigger warning. <laughs> um you know, like I have, you know, been unconsensually in involved with people that shouldn't have been involved in my life um and I got to work through that with other people you know like if I'm just being super you know what fuck it I'll tell you guys a fucking story okay so um I was abused by my father growing up in a sexual way so um during that time it really fucked with my head and as I grew up you know I found myself talking and speaking about about it and everybody would get so weird around me you know people would be like oh you know I'm so sorry that happened to you and I'm like well that's for me in my head I was like that was just normal that was just how uh, a father would show love to his daughter because that was my normal and however I knew that that fucked with me I knew for a long time in my life that 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 like fucking fucked with me so if you want to say daddy issues (laughs) This is legit. Um, so, you know, like, I I worked through that. And then I did some, you know, really fucked up daddy-daughter play and incestuous play. And that really actually surprisingly helped me work through a lot of guilt that I was feeling. Because, um, like, you know, it's one of those things. I, I heard it from, you know, previous therapists that I've had that, you know, when when you... <clears throat> when you start to fantasize about your abuser, it's it's common for people who have um, been abused to fantasize about their abuser. And, and, you know, it's no different for me or I feel like any other person that has been abused. And, and working through that kind of gave me back that control, you know, like I was finally able to say no and I was like, stop and things stopped. And, you know, I worked through that so much and with so many different people and, you know, I worked through pain and I worked through, you know, so many things and I finally came out on the other side and I'm like, okay, catharsis is real. You know, like I no longer feel as though I can, I need to fantasize about my abuser. I don't need to because I, I, I did it in a way that no longer made me feel guilty and I'm and so working through darkness, you can, you can almost see a light, you know, and 
you can you can find really dark places but never go there unless you're actually ready to go there you know like don't don't put that burden onto someone else this is all about you owning your shit when you're working through heavy heavy stuff you know you really have to take responsibility of your actions and where who you are as a person when you're playing in these dark fucked up places um and you know when like the more triggering and more real and more like exactly like the situation that terrifies you um it becomes more real and getting out of that place can be a little fucked up you know quite often afterwards just a heads up if you're ever considering playing in the darkness by going through catharsis or going through some kind of like um scene where you consent to trigger play in any way um make sure that you know like okay so afterwards even when I think about doing this this is how I feel so if I 10 times that that's how that my reaction could possibly be and if you should think about the worst of the worst of the worst you know you should be prepared for that so prepare yourself for for um you know if things go really bad this is the person that you need to contact if things go really bad this is the hospital I want to go to you know like make sure that all these steps are followed through and then it is also so important to reach out like when you're blinded by that darkness and you get to a fucked up place in your head you have to make sure you're able to see clearly at least a little bit otherwise I don't think you're ready to go through catharsis because if you can't see clearly through that and you can't perfect in your head exactly what you need what what you need and you just go ahead and just say fuck it and do it you're going to fuck up and you're going to hurt yourself and then you're going to end up fucking that other person up too who played with you so there's a lot of things you know and people get all like wiggy washy woo about um how much responsibility the top is and i don't think i think if a person consents to something, that is fucking consent. You know, that is, if you say yes, that is fucking yes. If you say maybe, that is not a yes, that is not consent. You know, um, unless you're playing like non-consensual, like consensual non-consensual play. You know, um, I mean, personally, um, I like consensual non-consensual because it almost puts like, if I say maybe, I like pushing my boundaries. I'm a boundary pusher. I'm a risk player. I am not someone for beginners. I also um, trust the people that I play with. I don't just fuck with strangers, you know? Like, I don't go on FetLife and be like, hey, do you guys want to play with me and do this crazy fucking scene? No. You know, get to know the person that you're actually playing with and then build a relationship and build trust and then possibly work through shit. You know, um, playing in the darkness is not easy. So I just wanted to talk about that for like a hot second <laughs> because catharsis is so amazing and it's so empowering and it's so good to take back that control, but make sure you're ready for it. You make sure you're ready to face that demon before you you go and do it so mad love everyone thanks for tuning in again and uh hope to hear from me all soon